You're listening to The Whole Podcast with Becky Alcantar and Nancy Gruzzi. Today, we're having a conversation with guest Jason Heinrichs, author of Conquer the Post-College Slump, and Risa Alcantar, a student who started her college experience in the midst of a pandemic. Are you a new college student? Are you the parent of a new college student? Will you be? How ready is your student for the challenges of young adult life? How we navigate obstacles and unexpected events depends in large part on how resilient we are. What are you doing today so that you are best able to overcome and flourish when challenges come your way? Listen into this insightful conversation on how to navigate college. Hey, I'm Nancy. Thanks for joining us today. And we have three excellent guests in the studio. We have Pastor Becky Alcantar, her daughter Risa, and Jason Heinrich. If I said the last name correctly. Sure did. Excellent. <laughs> hello. Hello, hello. Thanks for being here today. It's super fun to have a room full of like smart people to, <laughs> to kind of roll with this conversation. So um, Pastor Becky, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am the pastor to a program called Journey to Wholeness, a program designed to equip you to face life's challenges. And we're here just to provide you some tips and tools and encouragement so that you can face your everyday life's challenges. Yeah, that's excellent. And her daughter, Risa. Hi, Risa. Hello. So I'm going into my second year of college at the University of Wisconsin La Crosse. I'm studying psychology and hopes to help kids in the future figure out life and learn those life tools. Um, yeah. And she's my daughter. Little, yeah, I'm her daughter. <laughs> her daughter. So you get to hear like the journey to wholeness journeying, which we talk about all the time. Yes. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> like 24-7. Yes, it's constant. <laughs> it's table conversation. But I'm sure house. that's kind of fed into your desire to do psychology and to kind of have that be your career, I'm assuming, I guess. Totally. Has it? Yeah. Yeah, kind of hearing all the all the ins and outs of everything, mm-hmm. journey to wholeness. That's awesome. And then Jason, we have as our expert today, he has written a book, which like before this started, I'm, oh, hold, hold on. You wrote a book? What? How did <laughs> I on. not know this? <laughs> Conquer the post-college passion slump. Yeah. And that's the book you wrote. So tell us about that and about kind of who you are. It is, sure. So... I'm a division manager for Vector Northwoods, and I work with thousands of students over the last 17 years on showing Cutco and selling and helping them navigate life a little bit, but also seeing all of that. I mean, a student myself, I realized there's a big gap to what people were you know, experiencing from family and uh, experiencing from school. And I felt like some of the stuff I learned really helped. So I wrote a book on everything I kind of learned over the last 17 years on Things that may help. Yeah, that's so cool. And actually, Jason was very instrumental in helping uh, my husband and I as college, new college student parents, as well as Risa. And so we thought, well, let's have him share that wisdom with everybody. So we're glad to have you. Yeah, that's excellent. Well, let's get started a little bit with um, Risa's story and Mm -hmm. just a little bit of like what you've experienced in the last, because you said, what grade are you in or what? I'm going into my second year. So I'm a sophomore. So last year it was all new, like didn't know anything about going to college and let's just add another level of confusion and chaos and stress Mm -hmm. with COVID. COVID pandemic. In the midst of a pandemic, we take our firstborn child to school 
and drop her off. Uh, so I'm sure in addition to the normal nervousness that parents have, um, how do we navigate that? How do we navigate taking our child to college in a time that's really uncertain? And how do we help them prepare to face those challenges? But then our job as parents was to make sure that Risa felt prepared to enter college as much as we could. But also we had a new challenge and that was to make sure she had enough understanding about herself as well as working on some resilience so that she was able to navigate all of the changes that she did, but also um, support her in a way that helped her to do that. So tell us about that first year because it it was a wild ride. <laughs> yes, it was for sure a roller coaster the first year. Um, so before school even started, actually, I had a roommate planned, ready to go. I had met her and I thought we were just the perfect match. I was super excited to go and live with her and spend my first year with her. Then just a two, weeks. two, maybe three weeks before school, she was like, Hey, um, I am actually gonna stay home and do online school. And for me, that was just like devastating. Yeah, I, wow. I I broke down because like, you know, I'd formed a, a relationship with her and I was like, what am I going to do? I don't want to be alone. I'm my first year at school. Like I need that like person that, you know, I can walk into the first day with. And um so yeah, we had to f- figure that out and mm-hmm. stuff and I think little did I know that God has someone planned for me. Mm-hmm. And so I met a new roommate, um, you know, over Instagram and who had transferred or decided to attend last minute. Yeah. Last minute she transferred from a different school and yeah, we became roommates last minute. We didn't even get to meet each other until the day we moved in. And it was one of the best things to happen to me. I'm rooming with her again in my apartment this year. Oh, that's so So cool. So yeah, she's really awesome. Two peas in a pod. Isn't it crazy though, how you had everything like you knew exactly what to expect. You had your roommate planned. You had pictured it, I'm sure, knowing like this is how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And then just just kidding. Like that's not going to yeah. happen. But mm-hmm. I love hearing you say what you did about um, God having something different planned for you. Because now in hindsight, it it's perfect. It's yeah. better than probably what you could have imagined. Yeah. And as a pa- parent, it was great to have a challenge to work through something unexpected. Right, two weeks in. <laughs> yeah, a few a few weeks before we left, we actually walked through. Okay, how, what does our mindset look like? Was it fixed, or are we in a growth? Are we anticipating um, changes as being obstacles, or is this an opportunity that we didn't foresee? And so that was a, the first practice of something she would have to learn to incorporate uh, as the months came on. Yeah, so that was definitely something to prepare me for what was to come throughout the school year. And it was something that I had to do on my own, but I still had my parents there with me. Um, And so that was really, that was really good that I had that, you know, I guess happened to me. So fast forward to, what was it, after the first week? (laughs) Yes, literally after (laughs) the first week of school, one week into school, the school is like, hey, we're going into lockdown for two weeks and um, classes are online. We're going to have tents set up for you to pick up your food in a grocery bag. And Whoa. like, you know, we can't Whoa. go into any buildings. And it was literally like you're living in your dorm room or you go home and stuff right. and you stay home until they say you can come back pretty much. 
So one week later, exactly. Yes. And, you know, I was freaking out because everyone around me was freaking out and people were, (laughs) it was like people were evacuating, like parents were coming and you had to leave that Sunday, the day they told us. And, um, yeah, so I had friends leaving that I like met and I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do? Who am I going to hang out with? Is my roommate going to leave? Like, I don't want to be alone for two weeks in my room doing schoolwork, you know? And we got lots of calls last year. Did you stay? Yeah. Did you yes. stay for the two weeks? Yes, I stayed. Okay. So we got lots of calls with Risa starting with, so mom. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. And I could hear how chaotic it was that day. And we just had a conversation. And that was probably one of the first big decisions you had to make that you didn't anticipate having to make. Mm-hmm. Do I stay at school and ride it out or do I come home? And you weren't sure at that point, at what point you would be able to come back. Yeah. And... One thing I was just kind of like, well, I'm paying for this, so I kind of <laughs> want to stay, you know. Yeah. But then also, um, you know, after talking about it, we I realized that it was the best thing for me to stay, you know, just to, again, get familiar with being away from my, my parents and my family and being on my own. So I was literally just one weekend, so I wasn't really quite comfortable yet, but you know, the, it was kind of like that test where, you know, like, let's let's push and let's continue and stuff, even though it's going to look a little different, but just to keep going. And um, it was such a great decision I made. It was so awesome. Those two weeks were like the two weeks I will never forget. I met so many awesome people that I'm now like best friends with. And it was just a really great experience. And I grew close to so many people and Yeah, I don't know. It was just super, super awesome. Yeah, so often we think, you know, if we draw back that we're going to get that relief. And yet sometimes in those moments where we can press forward, we find that we build some growth and resilience, but then we also get these new opportunities. And I feel like you bonded with individuals there because you had to rely on each other. It wasn't this drawing back. And in Journey to Wholeness, we talk about, you know, at some point we have to be um, like uh, Cortez where burn the boats. Like you can go back, but at some point I have to decide that forward is the direction I'm going. And then when you do that, you find that you actually have the tools and resources within you to actually accomplish or get through or conquer the thing that's in front of you. And so we were really proud of Risa um, for really just standing her ground and saying, this is my choice and and this is what I'm going to do. And I do believe that was like the first big growth moment for her. I would imagine as a mom, that was probably so difficult to not just go rescue her. Oh, immediately you want to like, I'm already in the car with the car on going, baby, you decide what you want to do. And I'm driving that direction. (laughs) I'm actually on my way. (laughs) And you you just turn around and that's fine. (laughs) But that's so good that you allowed her to make that decision Mm because that's what builds that resilience. And just having the, the journey to wholeness background, it's so cool to hear this conversation and to really... Um, get a good understanding of how it play, how journey to wholeness and all of these big things play into like everyday, everyday. situations and yeah. how as a parent mm-hmm. and as a, as a student and as a daughter, 
how that kind of works together and how you need to kind of let go a little bit and she needs to kind of take over a little bit. And it's just really cool to see that dynamic. It's definitely a dance, but I I know some great coaches who just shared with me, you know, at at some point you have to switch from parenting to coaching and I'm Mm -hmm. still her parent forever, but now I look at it a little different and I can't make those decisions for her if I expect her to be able to do those things on her own when we leave. So Mm -hmm. in as much as we talk about those first few weeks, it was really the work that we did in the months coming up to in the years really, but really a concentrated effort in the months coming up to, to get a a sense of peace uh, myself and knowledge that she had a good understanding of herself and how she operated and then how to face or how to work through the things that might be an area she struggles with. So talk about some of those conversations we had. Yeah. So those first, you know, a few months before I went off to college, being in quarantine and my senior year ending short seemed like terrible, you know, mm-hmm. it was really hard to get through all of that and all the things I was missing out on. Um, but as time went on and the more my mom and I talked, it was a blessing in disguise all the time that we were blessed with to spend, you know, time together, more time to discuss and figure things out and learn about myself because there was so much that I didn't know about myself and that, you know, if I didn't learn about that before I went off to school, I probably would have struggled a lot more. So one thing I know a lot of parents ask me about is anxiety. How do I deal Mm -hmm. with anxiety myself? But then how do I help my kids uh, work through their anxiety? And like you said, Nancy, as a parent, I want to protect and I want to do things for and shield. And yet that doesn't allow them to grow and to get a confidence in themselves. And so we talked a lot about anxiety. So share a little bit about what you learned when we did. Um, so learning about anxiety and what I struggled with, um, it was really eye-opening because I thought, you know, well, I'm a teenager, you know, it's normal, you know, it doesn't really matter, like everyone else, you know, whatever. And I realized that that's actually like for me to be going through that and others to be going through that, that just not necessarily better, but it's kind of cool to see how you can relate to people in that way and how if you figure it out, you can help others and that you're not alone and that's the like good thing about it and that you can grow with those people and figure things out. And so that's what I did and that's what I learned and we found the root of all that stuff. And that was the biggest thing is finding the root of what I was going through. And it just, from when I, things when I was little, like that I didn't even think about like that still was affecting me to when I was 17, 18. So it was really crazy, but super awesome. Yeah. And I think um, what we got to do was explore it a little more. And so you may think, well, my kid's a kid and how much history do they have? And yet we all are formed by our experiences and it gives a message to our brain on this is how we handle things going forward. And your brain basically is trying to protect you first and foremost. And so if there's something that triggers that um, fear or worry or is similar to a situation you may have encountered when you were younger, your brain is going to go into 
autopilot, basically. And it's going to tell you there's something to be anxious about right now. And when we understand where that came from, then that dispels that and it reroutes our brain. But second, once we know that we have a tendency or, or we're prone to be a bit more anxious in these situations, how do I then practically work through that? How do I identify that? And then how do I work through it? And we had talked about some of the things that Risa did do successfully. Okay, the last time you experienced high anxiety, what was going on? What were your thoughts? Um, what did you do? What was missing in that equation? And I know for you, we found that your body, um, that it's really important for Risa to work out anxiety in her body by staying active, that that was a big piece of the puzzle that completed the actual dealing or working through anxiety. And so just being able to have that conversation and walk it all the way through, okay, this is what you did well, here's where we're still working on, why might that be? And then what other piece of the puzzle are we missing? Are you are you resting your mind? Um, are you resting yourself physically? Uh, are you um, resting your thoughts? Are you correcting your thoughts? And as we work through that, now Risa had a pathway. Now she had a method as to, oh, okay, next time I feel this way, let me take a breath, calm down my body, and then walk, work through these different pieces. And then let me not forget to go for a walk. And I know during quarantine, you guys went for lots of walks and played, what was the ball game you guys played? Spike ball. <laughs> yes. I'm really good at that now. I did not know how to play before going to school, but now I really know how to play. Yes. So that was part of her strategy. And so that's why we have Jason with us today, because as I mentioned, as we started out, is that Jason was really instrumental in, in reminding us about some things that uh, my husband and I knew, and when he said them, we're like, oh yeah, we used to do that in college. That was helpful. But what are some practical ways that you can approach uh, just all the new things that you're working through, but also all the challenges and decisions you're now faced with that you didn't have before. So Jason, share just some of the like highlights of like, here are the things I see students struggling with Oh yeah, that you need to know. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Well, I mean, just, just in general, it's how, how do we handle stress? And I feel like everyone's a little different. And so I feel like you have to find your thing, you know, like Risa was exercise and we all know exercise is important, but are we actually doing it and knowing that if that's important and so I don't overload, I need to be exercising daily. I need to, maybe, maybe it's meditation. You know, mm -hmm. if you're a Jesus person, you know, meditating on the word or there's a really cool app called Abide, which is really good. It's not too uh, weird or hippie or anything. <laughs> um, there's a general one called Headspace that's really good too. Just yes. like getting the right, the right mindset because like you were saying, Risa, there's so much anxiety and worry out there and it's so hard to navigate on your own when you don't have these other boundaries or people who are helping you kind of stay in, stay in alignment. There's so I feel like meditation, exercise, positivity, you know, not only unfollowing people on social media, but maybe in real life as well of not getting around those people. And there's so, there's so, there's so many great people in college. There's also a lot of people that didn't have the best upbringing or have a lot of insecurities in their own who are going to hate on other people mm -hmm. or bring the extra drama and stress. So it's kind of like kind of figuring out, being in your lane of what's going to get rid of some of that stress because everyone's a little bit different. So I'd say that's one thing is navigating that, uh, getting proper sleep, proper nutrition. It's so easy to say the freshman 15, it's a real thing. <laughs> I know I got that. So it's like, okay, so now my parents aren't here. I don't have a teacher to tell me when I have to go to school. What am I going to do with my time? And so um, just 
figuring that out on, on your own, which I think is great, Reese, that you've figured out your freshman year. Uh, I mean, there, there's a lot more of those are a few things that come to mind mm-hmm. handling and, stress. Yeah. And I think a lot of what you said, even with knowing the meditation, the like how you're um, working with your body and how that works and time management, I feel like all of that really comes down to an awareness of knowing what you need going into it because, and it comes back to, you know, preparing because when you go into it, you might be so focused on all of the little things mm-hmm. and to have that awareness of, oh, I, I stopped playing soccer and now I'm not doing the things that I didn't even realize were affecting my anxiety yes. because maybe before you played soccer because you were in high school and that's what you did. Was You're it soccer? Or was yeah, it, it was soccer. Okay, sorry. I was like, wait, is it Rachel or Rachel that does tennis? Um, because like, that's just what you do. And you know, to what Jason said, that's, that's just your routine. Mm-hmm. But to be able to recognize and pull back and say, oh, I didn't even realize that that was affecting how I'm handling my anxiety. That's so true. Same with the time management to like put all of those pieces together and take the time to reflect on, oh, okay, that's why that's clicking like that. And that's Mm -hmm. why it's working that way, you know, and to be able to recognize all of that. And then, you know, oh, I need to do this meditation app. Mm -hmm. I I need to make sure I go on a walk or manage my time. Yeah. And I'd also add that I mean, stress is inevitable. I feel like a lot of young mm-hmm. people and college students, they think, oh, right. my life sucks. So I'm so there's something wrong with me because I'm, I'm dealing with anxiety or stress, but that's just every person all the time. Yes. And not always mm-hmm. all the time, but you know, it's how you handle it. It only gets tougher. You know, life mm-hmm. is amazing, but it only gets tougher. Like you're going to, I mean, being married is awesome, but it's, you're doing <laughs> life with another imperfect person, you know, mm-hmm. you throw some other little humans in there and some babies. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you have a real job, a real career, real demands. Like college is this little bubble where I feel like they can kind of figure things out and not, um, uh, I feel like it's, it's, it's not as do or die, but it is important to navigate that on your own. So that way you get into the, you know, quote unquote, real world out of your college bubble that you're prepared because, it, you're going to be stressed in the future. So might as well get on it now. Yeah. And I, I think as you say, it's not a do or die. And I think that's the first thing that students need to know that you enter into your first year thinking, I'm going to make these choices and they're going to like dictate the rest of my life and they can never be changed. And there's no lock and key when it comes to how you go through life. First and foremost, life is a journey and your college experience is your journey to figure out how you want the next 10 years to look. Because I can guarantee you that in 10 years, you'll be like, hmm, I want to take this lane instead. And and you can do that. And so I think that was one of the first things we tackled in that, hey, everything isn't definite. Everything is it's still a choice even after you've made your choices. So even in your first year, you encountered that with like uh, majors and your friends and things like that. Yeah. So one of the things that um, I talked about with my mom is using words like never and always and forever. And those were words I was using a lot when making decisions and stuff. And I don't need to use those words, you know, because those Words don't really need to define what my decisions and my future. And um, so forget about those words and let's use other words or just think more as it's okay to make changes. It's okay to not know right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do you see a lot of that too, Jason, with um, with mm-hmm. like working with college kids, like in your career, 
I'm assuming that some of them start with an idea and then need to shift. Do you need to kind of coach them through that saying like, it's okay that this isn't definite or it yeah. should be. Yeah. I'm yeah. I mean, for sure. And in my job, what I love is I can be that, you know, seed plant for Jesus, mm-hmm. but also I feel like another parent, another coach. And even though, you know, I'm kind of like their, their boss, it's still, they're struggling. They're just trying to figure life out. And I feel like, if they just understand that, hey, this isn't final, you're figuring things out. I switched majors five or six times. It all worked out. You know, most people, if you look at the stats, most people don't get a job in what they went to school for. Mm -hmm. So it's really more about who you're becoming and how you're growing as a person, not necessarily the subject that you learned or or the GPA. You know, of course, that stuff is all important, but for sure, they're all just trying to figure things out. And even after college, I think it's important that students know the adults aren't perfect. And a lot of them are still trying to figure things yeah. out. So yeah, <laughs> go with the flow. You get to be on an even playing field with the other adults in your life. And you realize mm-hmm. they're still figuring things out as well. But I love that there are more and more individuals who are understanding themselves better, who can mm-hmm. be better leaders and coaches and mentors to this generation that's coming up. And I love that this generation is getting that because I just see... Um, this understanding and this overall mental wellness and and physical wellness because it's all a domino effect and emotional wellness growing in our population. And so in the difficult times, um, biblically, we see challenges as growth opportunities, times in which God challenges us and encourages us and offers us even more um, to walk into. And so to have... Uh, Individuals who are doing that for our young people today, um, that's amazing. But I also see, and a lot of times Risa would call home and tell me uh, just how they were supporting each other. Um, So, you know, things went on throughout the year. And in the spring, as they felt like they were coming back to quote unquote normal and seeing campus life for what other uh, generations or other years had experienced, uh, they ran into a really big um, unexpected blow. And so share a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, around March, we got some really, really tough news. Um, And this was kind of that point in the year, like you said, that, you know, it seemed like everyone was figuring things out. We were so far into the year and classes were in person again for the most part some were still online but you know from the outside things looked like they were getting back to normal um but I was doing some schoolwork one day and my one of my friends she messaged our group chat saying that a classmate uh took her own life in one of the dorms the night before and um Yeah, so that was really hard and right away, you know, my heart just dropped and I just was thinking about my friends who really struggle with depression and stuff. So um, I, you know, was like, oh oh my goodness. So I texted my parents right away and I tried to get all my schoolwork done so I could go and support and be there with my friends and just get their mind off of the news. But not only that, but just to talk about it and make sure that they're okay because, you know, we're having so much fun and we're, you know, go, go, go with school. And I think that we sometimes forget to check up on each other and like really, really check up, you know, mm-hmm. um, not just how are you doing today, but how have you been doing? Right. I think that was a bit of a reality check for everybody that that 
was a very stressful year. And every year is stressful in its own way, but these were challenges that no one else had encountered previously and it was new. And so uh, I'm sure as parents as well, there are those of you who have felt like, how do I support my child? And, you know, my daughter's three and a half hours away from us. I, I can't just like be there, you know, quickly, uh, quick enough. Uh, thankfully, you didn't go across country. Uh, but, you know, how how do I do that creatively? How do I use the resources available to me? But also in that, um, I'm sure there were, you know, students who were looking at each other thinking, well, I must not be handling things well enough. I'm having these thoughts that are discouraging and defeating. And I see the person next to me always keeping their cool and not really reacting. And what we don't really realize is that all of us process differently. That person may just be disassociating from the stresses that they have or they're disregarding them and stuffing them down. And quite honestly, I would rather have someone express their emotions and fears and doubts and worries so that we can talk about them and work through them than to stuff them down. And so we don't know the specific situation, but it just made us think about, as we talked when she called, you know, who's well, um, who's worried that they're not well, who sees uh, similarities in themselves and that person that maybe they have some fears that are coming up and how can we uh, encourage them, but also help them uh, calm those fears and have a better understanding of themselves. And so just as much as we don't want to compare ourselves, we want to understand ourselves so that we know really, okay, is this something I should be concerned about? And let me talk to my friends about it. Um, and if I don't have friends around me, can I talk to my parents? Is there someone at church um, back home who's willing to talk to me? Um, who's that cool guy that sits up in front at church and he seems to know a lot of stuff? Can I talk to him? Would he be willing to talk to me? And I can tell you 100% of the time it's a yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of us are you know, always like, what, you think I have something to contribute to you? Absolutely, I will help you. Um, But also none of us want to hear or see or find out about something like that, that someone at 18 years old felt um, so overwhelmed by life and so discouraged that she took her own life. Um, Reach out to me, go to the website page. I am willing to talk to you. We never want you to feel alone or as if... um, it's not possible because it absolutely is. Scripture tells us that all things are possible through Christ. And the way things are possible is that he's given us each other for relationship to help each other and encourage each other. So we definitely wanted to touch base on that because that was such a big event um, in what you know you looked at for your first year as this is going to be a perfect, awesome year. And here we had some road bumps and um, challenges, but... Um, what would you say is the number one thing that you learned about yourself that helped you through your first year and to help others as well? The biggest thing I learned about myself is how important it is for me to have those relationships that I can count on and that I'm I'm such a people person. I I've learned that about myself that I really just love being around people. And even if we're just, you know, sitting in a room together, the fact that I'm in a room with you is awesome and it's perfect for me. So that really helped me throughout the year. And I was able to find those people too, that enjoy being around others and, you know, doing stuff together, like going to get lunch, doing homework together, all those things that, you know, just keep us in a good mindset and we're just able to help each other in that way. So that was the biggest thing is relationships and having those, those good ones that you can always turn to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Jason, what is it that you tell kids starting out? Yeah. What's your, what's your number <laughs> what's one? What's your go-to? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like Reese was saying, is get involved with, with relationships. I feel like a lot of the anxiety and stress and suicide happens out of isolation and they've known to talk to, they think they're all alone. And, and then there's at, forced isolation. Yeah. Let's just add that it, as like yes. a little, a little yeah. twist of like, actually we're going to yeah. force Quarantine. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my no. gosh. So it's great. Risa found another uh, roommate mm-hmm. at a roommate situation similar to in college. And it's just, you know, you want to find those, you know, pockets of people also at college. And so get involved in similar groups. And I was involved in at Whitewater at, um, Campus Crusade for Christ, InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, football team, track team, all these groups of people that I was kind of doing college with, and it really helped. And I feel like you were saying, Risa, it's good to kind of share a little more about how you're feeling. And Becky, you were saying that as well, that a lot of our stress and anxiety and worries and what we're thinking, I feel, is what everyone's thinking, but not everyone's willing to say it. And so just to have those conversations and those relationships where you feel open to saying it. Um, and sometimes it's hard to form right away in college because... You're in your dorm and walking to class, walking back a lot of times virtually. So I think it's great just to get involved with those people and look at who they are because you're going to become them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. who you're hanging out with, do I want their GPA? Do I want their positivity? Do I want their health and their weight and their then their success or not? Because you might need to make some adjustments in those relationships. Mm-hmm. So good. And I would say start that process at home right now. So if you're Well, if you're at college, you're at college. So start doing some of the things that Jason just recommended. If you're getting ready for college, we have another daughter who's looking at colleges right now and trying to decide what she wants to do. Those are the type of relationships you're looking for right now. Look for a mentor at your church, a a teen, you know, a catalyst leader, teen youth group leader who can be that person who just walked through this themselves. And so they have lots to share with you. I know your parents might seem ancient, but they did go through these things as well. They have some more knowledge and information to share with you uh, that's a little different. And so for you parents, start switching over gears and start thinking about how, where are we at? Is my child prepared to do these things on their own when I'm not present with them? And what can we do now? How can I start switching over to being a coach, a coach for their mental health, a coach for their physical and emotional health? And then who can I um, invite into the process uh, to help mentor my child so that they can have the best success, but so they also have a, a a group of people, uh, a ver- a variety of people to go to um, when they're thinking about these decisions or thinking about these things that they're seeing and they're being challenged with. Um, so then the last thing we really want to focus on, because this can be the overwhelming thing, is big decisions, right? And so uh, just a few months into college, my daughter calls me and says, hey, I have to find an apartment for last year. And mind you, I just dropped off my child in the middle of a pandemic. And I was just feeling reassured by the fact that there's like this key entry and security on campus for her. (laughs) And she tells me she has to um, find uh, an apartment for her sophomore year. I didn't realize it was so competitive. Uh, So um, let's talk about how do we make decisions when now we're the adult and we're making decisions. What things are you like, hmm, I should have asked you about before I went off to college or I should have asked you before I signed? <laughs> um, Wait, did you talk to your mom before you signed papers for an apartment? No. Oh. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> um, yeah, so getting the apartment was definitely a learning experience for sure and that I'm not as grown up as I thought, you know, this was, 
this is like October, yeah. you know, mm, this is super, early. super early yeah. on. Wow. Um, so I don't think I called you until after I signed them. Yeah. And I think that's when everything really settled in. And I was like, oh my goodness, what did I just do? And yeah. um, I just signed not, a, a legal oh, contract. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. And I'm like, this is going to be on my name forever, mom. And she's like, yep. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it went something like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, so after when I called her, I was like, Oh no, like, did I, it, was it bad that I did that? Like, it, is it okay? And, mm -hmm. um, and you know, the apartment isn't, you know, like the most luxurious place ever, mm -hmm. but it still works. It's super close to campus. I'm with living with really great people, mm -hmm. but it was just a reminder that, you know, I'm still young and it's, it's always okay to ask questions and to, you know, it's definitely okay to ask for help. And I think I kind of forgot about that. And I was just, you know, I thought I was in a rush, but I really wasn't, you know, I was doing that to myself and, um, you know, should have gave mom and dad a call about, you know, the next place I was going to live in. But, um, yeah. <laughs> that is a big decision. It's like, oh, I don't realize this is such a big decision until after it's done. And then it feels a little bit like that buyer's remorse. We're like, oh, what did I just do? Yeah. I imagine you've seen that, mm -hmm. Jason. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So with uh, navigating change, I think that's what we're talking about, right? A yeah, big decision. Big decisions. Here we go. And decisions. navigating change. Yeah. I was like listening, like, wait, where are we? So, yeah. um, no, I think it's important, obviously, for Jesus person to pray. I know not, you know, so everyone good. listening to this is, but I think just finding counsel, whether it's Jesus or maybe your parents, but also, like I said before, about who you're, who are you learning from? You know, who would you want to trade places with? And so, if you're getting feedback on a workout plan. Well, what's, what's their, what's their, their, uh, their physique, or if you're getting question uh, answers from, uh, you know, how to navigate getting a 4.0, what's their, what's their, uh, what's their grade point average. So mm -hmm. I think, um, looking ahead, you know, success leaves clues. And so looking at people who have gone through it, who are doing well at it in whatever big decision you have, because they'll share with you and they'll cut the learning curve in half just by learning from their mistakes instead of learning from your own mistakes, <laughs> yes. which both both are important and needed. Yeah, which which was the case in this scenario. You yeah. learned from your own, like, not that it was even, it doesn't sound like it was like a major, like we were talking about these big decisions that mm -hmm. feel so final. Mm -hmm. It was a big decision, but it does only affect one year or however long the lease is that you signed before uh -huh. your mom got. <laughs> yep. Right. But I mean, just to realize now you learned from that and probably the next time something comes along, you're going to be like, oh, hey, mom, I have some questions. Yes. <laughs> and it's going to start with that instead of like, um, oh, yeah, I signed a legally binding contract. Yeah. <laughs> and I think like you do hear, well, you're 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 grown up now. You're mm. an adult now, you know, to turn 18 and immediately you start hearing that. And so you can get convinced whether internally or externally that, well, you're solely responsible for these things now. So you need to forge ahead, which is probably why 
you felt rushed, right? You felt um, the uncertainty of not knowing how to navigate this. And so just know, I guess, audience, that if you're feeling that, that that's especially when you should slow it down um, and take a breath and assess where am I at? What do I know? What don't I know? And who do I have available to me to go through this? Doesn't matter if the landlord says, well, someone else is interested. And so you have to sign it today because, you know, they'll take it tomorrow. So I think there's some of those things. And as soon as she said that, I'm like, no, it's fine. Just send me the document let me see it but then I got to point out some things that she didn't realize in the contract well this is a contract that starts in this state it's legally binding you know here's what you're responsible for um here's what you have to think about if something were to change and so just providing that information again when we think about and plan ahead and picture how things are going to look even if they change, we can think of, okay, if this were to happen or if that were to happen. Now, we don't have to do that ad nauseum, but when we do get to that point, then we're not surprised by it. And I think that's where we get stuck or we panic a little bit because we feel a little blindsided. Like, I didn't anticipate this. What do I do now? And so it pays to walk through those scenarios with um, your parents or yourself or friends on how does this look? And then, like Jason said, turn to the people who have done it. And so that was immediately what I said. Do you know anyone with an apartment right now? Talk to them. Ask them what's normal there. Um, what did they go through? What would they change or what would they do or not do? And so even we as parents are looking to others with knowledge um, and experience to help um, our kids. So... Ultimately, we were talking about resilience here. When you're facing the changes that are coming, and there's lots of changes that are coming, look to those things as opportunities and not obstacles. That alone, just changing the narrative that you're using. What's good here? What opportunities here? What am I going to gain here? Even if it didn't go the way you thought it was going to go, what did I learn here that I have to take with me going forward? And um, did I lose something? And maybe that was a good thing. Maybe I thought that this was the perfect um, roommate for me. And yet, look it, I would never have met this person who we have a great relationship if that hadn't happened. And so look at the good that's come from it. And then face your fears. Talk about the things that cause you anxiety, that cause you to worry, that you feel maybe you're not equipped in. Because when you face your fears, you can prepare for those things and then you can overcome them. They're not so scary when we pull back the curtain. I like mm, to use mm-hmm. in Journey Wholeness a lot, the wizard behind the curtain in the Wizard of Oz, right? He's scary and he's loud and he seems really big. But when you pull the curtain back, he's just a little sweet old man who wants to give you a hug. (laughs) And so don't let those things yell at you from your thoughts and your subconscious or your fears. Let's put them in the light so that you can approach them appropriately. And then practice some self-compassion. Be kind to yourself. You don't need to know everything. You don't need to have everything perfect. You are learning and growing, and that's what college is all about. Make sure you incorporate those healthy habits. And if you've lost some healthy habits because you're not playing soccer this year or your mom's not cooking vegetables for you every night, make sure that you're thinking about those healthy habits and how that looks now in your new environment. As Jason said, meditate. Find some way to clear your mental space so that you have good perspective. And above all things, I think what we talked about today was to stay connected. Stay connected to the people back home that you have. Stay connected with people around you. Find ways to get connected. And above all things, laugh. Laughter will take away a multitude of stresses and give you a renewed perspective so that you can enjoy what is going to be one of the best years of your life. So good. Well, thank you guys all for joining us. It was so fun. Jason, thanks for all of your practical advice and all the things that we can 
do and the apps and things we can find to use and your book. Mm-hmm. My pleasure. Conquer the post-college passion slum. Mm-hmm. Risa, thanks for sharing your story. It was so great to hear like uh, examples of big decisions and um, hearing you and like the wisdom that you have for your age and the mindset that you have is just a testament to like the relationship you have with your mom and just even going into psychology. It's like hearing you talk about mindset. I'm like, oh yeah, that, that sounds like, that sounds like Risa. That's so cool. So thanks for sharing your story and for kind of letting us pick it apart even and say like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe don't sign a legal document without telling mom. <laughs> like, as if you get anything from, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and Becky, thanks for sharing all, you know, all of your genius journey to wholeness insight and kind of pulling it all together and really understanding what it all looks like to go through something like this as a parent, Mm -hmm. as a student, and then as someone who's just kind of helping anybody in that age group, um, you know, and kind of coaching them along. Mm -hmm. So thanks for being here today. It was so much fun. Thank you, everyone. That really got me thinking about what I can incorporate into my everyday life to build resilience in my kids. We hope you enjoyed this episode in our How Do I series. Do you have a question that you'd like us to address on the podcast? Email us at becky at j2wholeness.org. Comment and like this podcast and make sure to follow us on Instagram at j2wholenessgb. Thanks for joining us on The Whole Podcast, a production of Journey to Wholeness, a program designed to help you feel equipped to face life's challenges. To learn more, visit our website at j2wholeness.org, the letter J, number two, wholeness.org. For more information about online courses, in-person groups, intensives, and retreats.